This episode of Two Scoops is brought to you by A Sister Reclaiming My Time. Cam. Mr. B. Is it recording? You know it. Let's give the people something new. It's time to serve it up. What's the scoop? Let's go. Serving it up, UK to the States. No tea, no shade, it's all grace. No one we can't discuss in this place. Black culture set to stage plays. Two scoops, baby. Yeah, two, two, two scoops. Wagwan, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Two Scoops. Your cultural podcast that discusses and explores the myriad of levels of Black and LGBTQ experiences. I'm Mr. B. And I'm your lovable co-host, Cam. And at the top of the show, the voice you heard was our lovely guest, Jacqueline Shepard. Jacqueline Shepard is an African-Caribbean-British-born woman of Bayesian heritage. Jacqueline is a cisgender heterosexual female who uses she-her pronouns. As a London-based presenter, producer and journalist, she has a passion for human interest stories and representation. Jacqueline can be found presenting The Scene every Wednesday night on BBC Radio London, uncovering London's diverse and emerging talent. 2021 has also seen Jacqueline make her BBC One debut reporting on The One Show. Yes, as lead anchor on Sky One magazine show What's Up TV for eight years, Jacqueline reported on everything from entertainment to social affairs, including gay marriage in Northern Ireland, FGM, and study drugs. She is carving out a role for herself, telling inspiring, motivational stories of underrepresented winning women, some of which can be found on her podcast, Taking the Leap. She is quite the advocate and is overall an amazing, amazing woman. We warmly welcome to Two Scoops, the dynamic Jacqueline Shepard. Hey. Hi. <laughs> wow, that was gorgeous. Thanks, guys. It's a, it's lovely hearing you speak about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to have you in the house. Thank you for having me. I feel really honoured to be here. I'm really, really privileged to be here. Thanks for having me. So for a bit of housekeeping overall, we can call you Jax, right? Go for it. Jack okay. Sheps on everything, including Jack, right now okay. on the <laughs> Two Scoops podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's so interesting because normally you are on our side of things. And so how does it feel to be in the hot seat? Oh, my gosh. I feel happy to be in the hot seat, but also slightly concerned about what might come out of my mouth about the amount of waffling I'm about to do so please feel free to edit me right down <laughs> we love Waffle waffles alone. yes <laughs> can we get some extra syrup on that please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so everyone um if you don't know already we had the lovely opportunity of being on her show it was two scoops like very first media type of thing mm-hmm. and it just came so organically for us and thank you Jax for lending the space for us like it just it was such an, such amazing, an amazing opportunity I was I was so delighted when I heard that you guys were creating this podcast and this beautiful space I was excited for what you were doing and really that is what my platform is for it's about it's about 
creating space for people to to show what they're up to, to show what they're doing and sharing that platform. And so your voices, your new brand, your new project, I had to get you on. For me, it was a no brainer. So I was so delighted that I could be there for you to have your first media appearance. And what a great time in life it was. It was so much fun having you. It felt like time, <laughs> it went so quick and so slow, at the, you know, at the same time. It was the first time that I was, it's the first time that I've ever been on any sort of radio show. Um, so to to hold space with Cam in that forum and talk about this project, yeah, it's just, it's still surreal. It felt really natural. I mean, you guys were complete naturals, so... I feel as if it should be a regular occurrence. Obviously, you're doing this, so you're used to holding court and having conversations and interviewing people and everything. And so it is slightly different when you're on the receiving end, like I am now. (laughs) Uh, But as I say, you know, you guys came across really naturally. And at the end there, where we had that Destiny's Child track. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I mean, honestly, you couldn't write it. That wasn't planned. It was literally there it was as if it was meant to be. So it was just perfect. Wait, that wasn't planned at all? That you had wasn't no idea- planned. I have some really wicked music on the show, but that track you do. was the next track. It was just there. And I was like, wow, guys, I have to dedicate this to you right now in this moment because this is for you. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. What's that called? Um, serendipity? Exactly, exactly. The way I screamed, when I- <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it picked up, but I I probably didn't pick up the 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 level of volume that I had with my screaming. But I was like, OMG, because that that album, first of mm. all, is just everything to me in life. But that song, like, oh, uh, the sundress. Yes. So the song was "Girl." I don't think we said it yet, but the song was "Girl," Destiny's Child, and yeah, it was just a really fitting way to wrap up that whole conversation. It was perfect. Well, folks, as per usual, it is about that time. It's time for the Scoop of the Week. For those of you just joining us, Scoop of the Week is where we share our weekly dose of something special and tasty. Something for you to sink your teeth into and discover yourself. In the light of this episode being about Black women and LGBTQ allyship, Jax, what have you got for us? Well, I have not got one but two scoops. I hope you don't mind me sharing. But as a Black woman, I am all about my Afro hair, uh, my natural hair. And this week, I was so delighted when I got home and I saw a parcel on my doorstep and it was some products from Afrocentrics. And I've used their products for a while, but you know, every now and again, you kind of go off and you you kind of explore or you just use something else. Mm-hmm. I'm so delighted to have Afrocentrics hair sheen so it's a moisturizing spray and um, a seal which is an oil back in my life this moisturizing spray and this this oil they smell so good I think it's the lemongrass and my hair is just thriving and loving me right now (laughs) and honestly I think when you when you do find a product which in turn makes you feel so (laughs) so glorious makes me feel good it smells good my hair is loving it and 
I'm all about that good stuff. So mm-hmm. my first scoop is these natural hair products by a black owned brand, two brilliant black women behind it. Uh, Rachel and Joycelyn from Afrocentrics. I've followed their journey for a long time. They're doing amazing things. And yeah, that is, uh, comes highly recommended. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not paid by them or anything or anything like that. But Listen, I all just, about support. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just, I just, I love what they, what they do, how they've created this business and they are, they're going for it. So yeah, so I bought that and uh, that arrived this week. Where can you get Afrocentrics products? So it's Afrocentrics. And you can find them online, Afrocentrics. It's either .com or .co.uk. But they have amazing, uh, they give really great advice as well about how to maintain your hair. If you sign up for their newsletter, they talk about breakage, about little knots, about retaining length, about shrinkage, all of the things which people who are embracing their natural hair, Afro hair experience, they cover it all. And then they have the products to boot as well. So um, Afrocentrics on socials and yeah, their website, you can purchase all of the glorious smelling products that they have. And what's your second scoop? My second scoop is the Tina Turner film, simply called Tina and Cam. I mean, look, I knew you would be connected to this film and and be feeling it, but I watched this film earlier this week. And in the same way that when I saw you, Cam, in Tina, the musical, the same way that I cried my eyes out to the point where my friend was concerned (laughs) about me (laughs) he was like are you okay hun (laughs) in the same way that that occurred when I was watching this film I was halfway between laughing and crying it was the most bizarre experience (laughs) um she just brings out the feels in me I highly recommend it it will leave you feeling empowered it will leave you feeling like you can take on the world and it would leave you feeling inspired as well. And it's one of those things where you think if someone can go through that and still achieve everything that she did, then yeah, these hurdles that I'm feeling, you know, there's, there's a way, there's a way where there's a will, there's a way. And she is testament to that. So uh, that is my second scoop, Tina. My scoop of the week is Bernadine Evaristo. And I'm, so late with her work completely so the last book i read of hers is girl woman other which is winner of the Booker prize 2019 what really got me about this piece of work was it centers 12 women of color straight lesbian gay non-binary and trans in one book it's the first time i'd ever read anything like it And it covers their lives, journeys, personal stories, and you get invested in each and every one of these individuals. Um, And there's a, you know, there's a massive climax and everyone gets brought together at the end. Her writing is so honest and I felt seen. Even though it wasn't about me and, you know, it, it was not about my life, but a friend of mine brought her book Lover Man to my attention as well. And it follows the life of Barrington Jediah Walker, who's 74-year-old Antiguan man. He's married 
to this lady. He's very flamboyant, dapper Dan, but he's also in the closet. And he's in love with his childhood friend called Morris. I've never come across any pieces of work like this. Um, Especially in Girl, Woman, Other, it follows an auntie's life. She's in her 60s. And, you know, she meets another woman and and, and and there's a story there too, without giving too much away. But my scoop of the week is just, it's Bernadine Evaristo and, and, and her gorgeous writing and the fact that she's just telling so many stories, so many of our stories um, within our community in, in, a, in, a, in a truthful and sincere way. It's just gorgeous. Hello. Speaking of storytelling, I want to talk about a young Black British woman who is a huge LGBTQ ally, um, who is capturing moment after moment of beauty through the medium of headshot and uh, portrait photography. So her name is Dejana Gifts-Sims. She is a dynamic photographer, and she just adds to this whole art of storytelling with her photography business called Shot by Dejana. So the way she captures black and brown skin, first of all, y'all, it's ridiculous. You know, I think after seeing Moonlight and realizing just how beautifully we can actually be captured. (laughs) And then I think I saw something else that, you know, gave the reason why Moonlight looks so good. And, you know, it made me think, wow, it takes some extra stuff as in knowledge <laughs> and skill to really capture the beauty that we have because so many times in the past, it's just, it's not been so. So anyway, um, Dejana, she is brilliant. Her photography is delicious, elegant, rich, and she has something special. So since it's springtime and school is almost coming to a close, well, sooner than later, if you're a graduate listening to this, or if you know any soon-to-be graduates, Shop by Dejana is offering the graduation image offer. So in this package, she will capture the standard cap-and-gown graduate image, as well as variant portrait images. So if you want to give a gift to the students, especially finishing their education in this crazy time, this is a good thing. So if this piques your interest, you can visit Shop by Dejana's Instagram page at Shot by Dijana, and I'll spell it for you. It is S-H-O-T-B-Y-D-U-J-O-N-N-A. Or you can visit her website at shotbydujana.com. So we'll put all this social media and website info in the episode description for easy access for you all to just check it on out. So Jax, for our topping today, we're going to play a little game with you called 12 Questions with Jax. Inspired by the amazing 73 questions interview that Vogue magazine does. Just so we can get to know a few things about you and your life and let our audience have a little peek into your mind and heart. Let's do this. The first question is sweet or savory? Sweet or savory? Sweet or savory? Can I say swavery? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'll tell you for why. Because I like sweet things that are savoury, like plantain and sweet potato and curries that are... So what was what was the first one? No, we're not going to do that. We're not, not going to rewind. We're not going to rewind back <laughs> to episode plantain, one. Right? Episode plantain. Five, honey. Swavory. Plantain. Oh, I love plantain. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. 
Next question is sunrise or sunset? I am never, never up for sunrise. (laughs) I love a sunset. Naughty or nice? I mean, it's a bit boring, really, but I'm nice. I, I, I would say nice. I gotta go with nice. Nothing wrong with a nice girl. No, I, I have, I have to go with nice. Kill him with kindness, you know. Whose celebrity closet would you raid? Okay, it would be Tracy Ellis Ross, but her character Rainbow in Blackish. I live for her wardrobe. I love her wardrobe, Rainbow's wardrobe. In fact, her hair, in fact, this hairstyle is a bit similar to one that Rainbow has had. I Can am you describe all about that hairstyle my hair. Okay, so I have not Afro puffs, but they're almost like buns, two little space buns on the top of my head. So I've I've got braided my, I've put a middle parting down my hair. I've braided one side of my Afro hair into a puff and wraps it round so that it creates like a little bun and I've done the other with the same with the other side so braided up the back and then knotted it and then created a, a little bun so I have two little space buns on the top of my head that's what they call actually space buns yeah. I forgot the name for them so uh yeah I have seen rainbow in blackish rock the star with a bright red lip and just banging colors and nails and heels and yeah that wardrobe oh gorgeous if you could take one book one piece of music and one food item to a desert island what would they be i've been reading this book for ages and it's an eckhart tolle book a new earth have you read it come across it out of it but not read it yeah i mean it would mean that I would actually finish the book for one because I start, I've started, I've been reading it for such a long time. But also when I read that book, I feel better about myself. I feel better about life. You know, it's talking about suppressing ego and my goodness, ego is responsible for so much, for so much that is wrong in the world and so much that we put ourselves through is down to ego. So I feel as if I would come off that desert island feeling lighter and brighter for having completed that book. So Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth. And then in terms of music, I love, you know, Robin and her mm. album, yes. Honey. Yes. Ah, oh, I love. Oh, I just, I just adore her because you've got your pop, you've got your R&B, you've got your kind of sad songs in that album, you can just do it all, you know? So with that record, you can go through all of the emotions and then, you know, you can you can celebrate, you can commiserate, just all of it. It's beautiful. So Robin would be with me. Food. Um, oh, this, I'm such a foodie. Oh, it's probably sweet potato. Do, do you know why? Sweet okay. potato. Wait, because Wavery? Exactly, because it's slavery. <laughs> you can have sweet potato fries, sweet potato soup, sweet potato chips, um, crisps. You can do so much with it. So if I can get creative with my one piece of food, then sweet potato is it. And it's really high in antioxidants. <laughs> <laughs> See, proof that verse life is life. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you're hosting a dinner party. Mm. 
And you can invite three guests, dead or alive. Who would they be? Well, seeing as I'm in a real Tina Turner phase at the moment, I'm going to have to get Tina at my table. I want to I want to hear more about I think when one of the things I discovered watching the Tina movie was the fact that she she's so over talking about Ike for one and I just want to hear her laugh and 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 hear about the brilliant times about the the fun that she's had about being on stage and how it made her feel and just I just think she's just got so much I mean my god she's what 80 something now and she's been performing for over 60 years she's got some stories to tell I also heard about the fact that David Bowie was a big fan and you know was was you know after a bit of Tina I'd love Uh to get to the bottom that of that and hear it from her as well I think that she's got stories that we haven't even begun to to touch on yet so I'd love Tina Turner Tell you who else I'd love to bring. Kelis. I love Kelis. I love Kelis. And I feel as if Kelis would be so much fun, but also she'd have to bring a dish. Yeah. <laughs> her, her cooking cook. videos. You know, oh Kelis can cook, right? She's mm. got her food but bounty in full. She lives on a farm. So she'd need to bring maybe the main dish. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it would just be, again, you know, with the music, but with the chat and just hair. We could just talk so much. She's just, yeah. Can I come? (laughs) Right, this is lit so far. Are you going to be my third guest? (laughs) I'll be the help. I'll happily be the help that can help serve, all right? Just so I can peek in. (laughs) And this one... So when people have this this kind of question, and I always say this name, not everybody always knows who I'm talking about. I'm sure you guys will. Um, but I am Shonda Rhimes's biggest fan. You know yeah. Shonda Rhimes? Mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder. She's a storyteller. She is so inclusive in her writing. It never feels like it's shoehorned in. And I've read her book, The Year of Yes. I've bought her book for other people, The Year of Yes. And I feel as if she's just such a trailblazer. She's such an innovator. She is a seriously creative black woman. She's created millions of hours of entertainment for people. If I could just have a moment with her and get into her mind for a moment to know where her ideas, where her creativity, where it all comes from, my God, that would just be something else. So yeah, maybe not one that people are expecting, but I adore Shonda Rhimes. Jax, if you could broadcast one sentence to every TV and radio channel in the world, and have it translated to each country's language, what sentence would you say? I would want to say, be kind, be fair, and be respectful to one another. Because I think you could go so far with that. Being kind and fair and respectful in life. If everyone was kind and fair and respectful, can you imagine? Can you imagine the impact? It doesn't it doesn't take that much, does it? No, and... You know, I guess, I guess, you know, you could go the other way and say something really, hold people to account, you know, you could, you could go that way. But actually, if, if people were to follow the sentence, follow the instruction, then that is the instruction I would want them to follow, because that could be quite transformative. What are you completely over and done with now? I feel like there's so much I could say, um... You know, there was this this report about 
there's no structural racism in the UK. And I'm so over people not taking marginalised communities or just taking people seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm so over that. I mean, what what do you think we're just making stuff up? (laughs) I'm so over people in positions of responsibility, not listening Mm -hmm. and therefore not actioning what could be really simple. So simple. What did Lauren Hill say? It could all be so simple, but you'd rather make it hard. Preach. Preach. What are you most passionate about right now? Tina? No. (laughs) (laughs) This dinner party? (laughs) I'm loving my dinner party. Um, I think it, it, it boils down to part of that conversation, actually. And it's something that I'm been long passionate about and I'm passionate about representation and it's something which I've been passionate about for a very long time and I think it's one of those conversations which is really prevalent at the moment and lots of big organizations and and big companies are saying you know we need to get more diverse and more inclusive and we need to have representation listen I've been talking about this along with many colleagues and friends and allies for a long time and so I remain as passionate as I as I was now and I will continue to do whatever I can to represent and ensure that those who are underrepresented get the platform they deserve. And that's something that I remain passionate about. So before we move on to question 10, we want to add some other voices to the conversation. We spoke with a few Black heterosexual cis women of different backgrounds who are all allies of the LGBTQ plus community. So first, with question number 10, we will hear from Sharon Rose, who is a singer and actress from Zimbabwe living here in the UK. So what does it mean to you to be an ally of the LGBTQ plus community? What importance does it hold? Um, And for me, I think it's very important. It's crucial, in fact. Uh, True allyship that's not just for show is so, so important. It means that we constantly remind one another that we are valued, important, loved and vital members of our communities at home and all over the world. That the differences we impose upon each other are social constructs. And at the very heart of it all is or should be humanity. Um, And as my people would say, Ubuntu. Next, we hear from Vanessa Fisher, who is a 28-year-old from Sierra Leone and the UK. She shares her thoughts on the same question. I think being an ally to the LGBTQ plus community, I think it means to take the time to research and understand uh, the struggle of the movement, because obviously you can never understand every single individual person's um experiences but to just understand yeah the struggles of the of the movement in its entirety and to equip yourself with the tools to to join that struggle and to help eradicate the struggles that they face yeah i think i wholeheartedly agree with the comments that we just heard and again some of these things to me I think it should be 
a no-brainer. We should all be allies for one another. And to be an ally, for me, it is about, it's about turning up. And I don't mean getting turned up, <laughs> which, you know, sometimes it does mean that. Um, but it means turning up. It means actually speaking out and speaking up when when is necessary. It's not just being passive. But it's also about this being something in your everyday life, you know, not necessarily having to think about ensuring that somebody who is in the LGBTQ plus community, who is being spoken down to, or who is having to fight off microaggressions or comments or whatever. It's not just sort of passively letting that pass you by. It's about ensuring that you know that they've got your back, you've got their back. And being someone who is not afraid to speak out and stand up for someone who's having who's having challenges, who's experiencing a challenging situation. Um, so it's turning up, it's speaking out. It's also in my, if I feel it is about providing that platform and not just in LGBTQ plus history month, for example, it's about ensuring that the conversation continues all of the time. And it's about listening and it's about ensuring that these things happen consistently. So so being an ally, it's not about sort of putting a badge on and saying, right, I am an ally and this is what I'm doing. It's just about how you, for me, it's about how you, how you are in, in, in life, you know, ensuring that you are there for people, that people know that you're there for them, knowing that you are helping people to stand up and say what they have to say or being the person to perhaps have that conversation on behalf of if someone is not in a position to do so for themselves or providing that platform. And for me, I guess it's, it's, it's a delight to be called an ally, but you know when you just feel like it's just part of who I am. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's not it's not something that I'm seeking to be or do. I just want to ensure that communities who have been oppressed, people who have been underrepresented, it's just part of who I am. It's important to me that these people have have a have an opportunity have representation and and you know and i i am sometimes these people um my lgbtq plus friends are these people you know but generally speaking i would say it's it's marginalized groups and for me um being able to have been a reporter of many stories over the years which are specifically um highlighting some of the challenges that the lgbtq plus community you have experienced you know i'm just doing my job but i'm doing it because i love it and it's come to me because it's something that i can do very naturally and it's Mm -hmm. something that is not sort of other to me it's just something which is important you know i'm just thinking about secondary school and my you know who my group of friends were Mm. and i was not one of the popular kids I was you know playing chess with the alternative lot because it was the safest place to be Mm. um and when I had to be exposed and out in the playground or you know going to and from lessons or whatever 
I was sitting with my girls. I was sitting with my sisters. You know, all of my girlfriends were black women now, but black girls. Mm. And there was allyship there. No one could touch me. No Mm. one could come near me when... (laughs) when I was amongst my sisters um, and I just, just having this conversation. Yeah. Just, it just, it just brought back that memory. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, just, yeah, just sharing that thought. I think yeah. black women have always been at the forefront of, of every protest. Yeah. Um, and, and, and every revolution. I can only thank you for it. It's an interesting one. I feel as if, so I've, I some, I have described myself as a lioness before <laughs> because I have my pride. And if anybody is coming anywhere near my pride or speaking out to speaking out of term with my pride, the lioness in me, I will I will bite. I will roar. Mm-hmm. And my siblings, I mean, as I've gotten older. I have reined in how I roar <laughs> because once upon a time I was that girl getting all up and people say, no, 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 yeah. no, you don't, don't do that. Um, so, but I, we can be ferocious and protective. And I feel that that is, for me, it's innate. And yeah, there's, there's that protection. There's, yeah, once you're in my pride, then I am. I'm I'm all about ensuring that you're okay as well because if you're not okay then I'm not okay you know absolutely I, 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 and I think I think the cloth cuts both ways as well you know yeah. us as black men need to need to and should do the same mm. when it comes to black women yeah you know you there's so many discussions about um, the job of looking after black men is, is left to black women mm. it's so one it's so one sided mm. and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be we we, we should be at the front with you yeah yeah absolutely there's been so many conversations of late where we've seen some really brilliant black women on tv standing up and standing out for individuals in the public eye and really to know that there were other people who would have also stepped up in that moment would have been a beautiful thing and you know, I think I think that that black women do it so well. We do it so well, but it would be great to see other people having our back in the same way that we have others' backs. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. We're going to hear from Vanessa Fisher again, um, going into our eleventh question, which we've already dived into, and I love it so much. The question is: What do you think of the role of black women overall in the queer community at large? We're here for Vanessa. Uh, I think we have a really big role. I think from what I've witnessed and experienced, unfortunately, um, queerness in the black community is, unfortunately, it seems to be, or, or homophobia seems to be a hill that we just can't get over quick enough. And I think black women have a really important role of bridging the gap between homophobia and our queer friends and family, our queer community. I often myself have been in in, in situations where, um, you know, black, straight black men, heterosexual black men have made comments and about, um, about, gay black men 
for example, and I really ha- think it's my responsibility to pull them up on that and to not be complicit and to let them know that their words are hurtful, damaging and in some cases fatal and to really drive home the importance of their support as a black woman. We're often caught in between the struggles of being black and being female. So I feel like that intersectionality helps us um, resonate with black queer people. And that's often a struggle that heterosexual black men can't really understand. Um, so I think it's our it's our gift to be able to see that and it's our gift to the queer community if we help eradicate that and if we are a mouthpiece for them. You know, I can't wait for the day that we can have this type of conversation about allyship with a Black heterosexual man. I'm not saying that we cannot have that, but I've you know, there's such more, so much more ease and assuredness that, <laughs> like, having this conversation with a Black woman, like, I know we could have this conversation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And as that, that, that saddens me that I, I don't have, me personally, the confidence to have this type of conversation about allyship with a Black man, with someone who is, you know, me, basically. There's there's a lot of, there's a lot of history, isn't there? And a lot of, of bad baggage and you know I think what Vanessa was saying there about not being complicit and ensuring that we that we hold people to account and we call people out on their prejudices it's so it's so so vital if you as a black woman find yourself in a scenario where there are straight black men who are saying things you know, oftentimes it will be us as the black women who will call that out and um, and very fiercely. Again, mm. I, I add very fiercely. And yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm not in your shoes, you know, I, but I can only imagine that to, to hear you, Cam, say that you wouldn't feel comfortable. It's It's just, it's heartbreaking, really, that in this big old age of 2021 you don't feel comfortable having this conversation you know with a black male heterosexual male that's really so it's that's so telling isn't it of how much progress we still have to make still so much work yeah. so much work yeah. to still to do you spoke about not being comfortable um having this conversation amongst straight black men and i'm with you on that Completely, you know, there's barbership culture and all of that. But I do feel like, slowly, surely, things are slowly getting better. Um, you know, we've still there's still conversations for us to have, um, you know, amongst our own. Um, but things are slowly getting better. I feel, I feel. I I I have to agree. I think that there are. I think as as people and it, maybe it's maybe it's the creative circles that I move in as well, you know, because I do move in some really nice creative circles. And I think actually where there is a lot of creativity, there is a lot of 
tolerance people are tolerant of, of one another and people are, are, are open and not just tolerant in I will tolerate you but open arms about about difference and it, accepting and embracing of, of of differences whatever that may be and I would definitely say that there are there are many communities where there are straight black men often very creative straight black men I will add which are completely accepting and perhaps it's you know I I I could I almost feel like I can sort of pick out the different because look we we know this we know that black men and black women we know we're not a monolith we know that within these groups there are different sets of groups um so I do know because I will find myself in environments and I could not be an environment of a group of black men if I felt that you could not be in that environment also, you know? I would not feel comfortable if I felt that my friends, that my people coming into that would suddenly be awkward or uncomfortable. I couldn't I couldn't move like that. So I certainly know that the, that there are strands of there are communities where you know, look, we we can all be as one and, and thrive together and jive together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm also very aware. The people that you would probably have discomfort with are probably the same people who have said that I'm pretty for a dark girl. You know. Yeah. Oh. Which I've heard. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Trash. I'm not cuss on this program today. <laughs> um. <laughs> For our final question, question number 12, we're going to hear again from Sharon Rose. Do you think there are any gaps between the two demographics? And how do you think we can bridge those gaps? Um, and so, you know, there are definitely a lot of gaps. And while this may be at the very basic level, but I think... An answer is that we build. We build from the place where either group might try to carry out caricatures of the other and instead have a deep respect and admiration for the other and not appropriate who they are because at some deep level you think you can get a pass, you know? And we may all be guilty of this. Um, that we build beyond the idea of having a black female friend or a friend in the LGBTQ plus community because it's fashionable, but rather wanting to be their friend because you love them and respect their thoughts and opinions and love them for who they are. Um, these are really basic, but again, if we don't have these conversations, we'll keep falling um, for the same mistakes um, that we make over time. So I think it's just about having the tough conversations and being accountable to those tough conversations. So, Jax, do you think there are any gaps between the two demographics? How do you think we can bridge those gaps? I definitely agree. I think um, what was what was just said about, you know, the black frame being fashionable and whether it's my black gay friend, my black girlfriend. I mean, I literally heard someone say that they this this was through a friend, but someone wanted to make friends with another black girl so she could go to a party um, as the the two got friends in Clueless. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
in big 2021 you know yeah exactly this is what people are aspiring to do but anyway so in terms of in terms of of building i think I, I really appreciated what Sharon was saying in terms of, you know, appropriating one another. And I think that there is so much of that going on right now. I think that, the, the, you know, a lot of a lot of society, a lot of popular culture has kind of homogenized groups. And there is so much which it is about having that conversation. Do you know where that comes from? You know, yes, and indeed. calling out a sister or a brother on that or or other on that, you know, um, because so, and actually by other, what I mean is a, in this instance, I'm talking about say a straight white person who is using a phrase or talking, a, you know, in a way mm-hmm. which they've seen on a show, which is happening a lot of late <laughs> And just kind of saying, oh, it's interesting. Do you know about that? And, and you know, kind of you can you can kill him with kindness. Like I said at the start, you can. You can kind of ask people if they recognise the origins of some of the things which they are enjoying in life. And I think but perhaps that can be something which, you know, within within allyship we can do as well with one another as well. You know, if I if I was saying something which you perhaps thought I didn't know where what the origins were, then I would like to think that you would be happy and comfortable with me to say, do you know about that? And in the same way, I would like to think that I could say, OK, yeah, that I don't know, that thing that you're rocking right now, that hairstyle that you're rocking do you realise that that comes from black women? And, you know, I think that you guys would because you're very switched on and in tune and you you don't appropriate. But I think that there is something to be said for having conversations honestly and being bold enough to speak up and speak out and just just challenge people every now and again. Because actually, that's how things then move on. When When that other person hears someone else say that thing, they will then be the one to say, ah, did you know? Right. You know? And this is where it then continues. Because if we don't have these conversations, if we don't challenge, if we don't educate one another, mm-hmm. then we just kind of continue existing in ignorance, you know? We need to be open to being educated and corrected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nobody likes that nowadays, it seems. Everybody's mm-hmm. right on everything. But it's like, nope. <laughs> let me tell you a little something about this have a seat you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i feel like the one thing i should say is reclaiming my time and i think in terms of black women and black people within the lgbtq plus community i think it is about reclaiming our time you know i think for too long we have been othered we've been we have been on the bottom rung of the ladder. We have been stifled. And I think it is time for us to reclaim our time. I think it is time for us to take every opportunity that comes our way, stop being bashful about things and always thinking about other people as well, you know, always putting other people first. 
The last thing I would say is time is so precious for all of us, which is why when I get asked about my age and so on and so forth, these days I'm just very frank and open and honest because I think it's a blessing. Every year we get is a blessing. So reclaim your time and I'm reclaiming my time. That's me done. <laughs> you can see more of what Jax is doing in the industry and beyond by checking out the many things she does. This includes her radio show, The Scene with Jacqueline Shepherd, which is every Wednesday night from 8 to 10 p.m. UK time on BBC Radio London, which you can catch on the BBC Sounds app if you could get it. Jax's social media pages at Jack Sheps, that's at J-A-X-X-S-H-E-P-S. And as always, communicate with us via email at contact at twoscoopspodcast.com and on Instagram at twoscoopspodcast. And don't forget to give us a tweet on Twitter at twoscoops underscore pod. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. Keep staying tuned with what we have coming up and catch us next week for another episode of Two Scoops. Two Scoops. Two Scoops. Two scoops.